Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. I'm so glad you've chosen to join me today in my special reading place. If you visited me before in my cozy reading corner, then you may have listened to some of the stories that I have read by Hans Christian Andersen, one of the earliest and best-known writers of what have become classic fairy tales, The Ugly Duckling, The Steadfast Tin Soldier, and The Emperor's New Clothes, to name a few. Well, now that the Christmas season rapidly is approaching, there is another of Anderson's fairy tales that I would like to share with you. It's the story of the little fir tree. Now, get your ears ready to listen carefully and your imagination ready to see the story of the little fir tree by Hans Christian Andersen. Far down in the forest, where the warm sun and the fresh air made a sweet resting place, grew a pretty little fir tree. And yet it was not so happy. It wished so much to be tall like its companions, the pines and firs which grew around it. The sun shone, the soft air fluttered its leaves, and the little peasant children passed by, prattling merrily, but the fir tree heeded them not. Sometimes the children would bring a large basket of raspberries or strawberries wreathed on a straw, and seat themselves near the fir tree and say, Is this not the prettiest little tree? Which made it feel even more unhappy than before. And yet... All this while the little tree grew a notch or joint taller every year, for by the number of joints in the stem of a fir tree we can discover its age. Still, as it grew, it complained. Oh, how I wish I were as tall as the other trees. Then I'd spread out my branches on every side, and my top would overlook the wide world. I should have the birds building their nest on my boughs, and when the wind blew, I should bow with stately dignity, like my tall companions. The tree was so discontented that it took no pleasure in the warm sunshine, the birds, or the cozy clouds that floated over it morning and evening. Sometimes in winter, when the snow lay white and glittering on the ground, a rabbit would come springing along and would jump right over the little tree, and then how mortified it would feel. Two winters passed, and when the third arrived, the tree had grown so tall that the rabbit was obliged to run around it. Yet it remained dissatisfied and would exclaim, Oh, if I could but keep on growing tall and old! There's nothing else worth caring for in the world. In the autumn, as usual, the woodcutters came and cut down several of the tallest trees, and the young fir tree, which was not grown to its full height, shuddered as the noble trees fell to the earth with a crash. After the branches were lopped off, the trees looked so slender and bare that they could scarcely be recognized. Then they were placed upon wagons and drawn by horses out of the forest. Where are they going? What would become of them? 
the young tree wished very much to know. So in the spring, when the swallows and the storks came, it asked, Do you know where those trees were taken? Did you meet them? The swallows knew nothing. But the stork, after a little reflection, nodded his head and said, Yes, I think I do. I met several new ships when I flew from Egypt, and they had masts that smelt like fur. I think these must have been the trees. I assure you they were stately, very stately. Oh, I wish I were tall enough to go to the sea, said the fir tree. What is the sea, and what's it like? I would like very much to explain, but it would take far too much time, said the stork, flying away quickly. Rejoice in your youth, said the sunbeam. Rejoice in your fresh growth and the young life that's in you. And the wind kissed the tree, and the dew watered it with tears. But the fir tree regarded them not. Christmas drew near, and many young trees were cut down, some even smaller and younger than the fir tree who enjoyed neither rest nor peace from longing to leave its forest home. These young trees, chosen for their beauty, kept their branches, but they too were laid on wagons and drawn by horses out of the forest. Where are they going? asked the fir tree. They're no taller than I am. Indeed, one is much shorter. And why are the branches not cut off? Where are they going? We know, we know, sang the sparrows. We've looked in at the window of houses in town, and we know what's done with them. They're dressed up in the most splendid manner. We've seen them standing in the middle of a warm room and adorned with all sorts of beautiful things, honey cakes, gilded apples, playthings, and many hundreds of wax candles. And then, asked the little fir tree, trembling through all its branches, and then what happens? We didn't see any more, said the sparrows, but that was enough for us. I wonder whether anything so brilliant will ever happen to me, thought the fir tree. It would be much better than crossing the sea. I long for it almost with pain. Oh, when will Christmas be here? I'm now as tall and well-grown as those that were taken away last year. Oh, that I were now laid on a wagon and stretched in the warm room and all that brightness and splendor around me. Something better and more beautiful is to come after, or the trees wouldn't be so decked out. Yes, what follows will be even grander and more splendid. What can it be? I'm weary with longing. I scarcely know how I feel. Rejoice with us, said the air and the sunlight. Enjoy thy own bright life in the fresh air. But the tree would not rejoice, though it grew taller every day, and winter and summer, its dark green foliage might be seen in the forest, while passers-by would say, What a beautiful tree! A short time before Christmas, the discontented fir tree was the first to fall. As the axe cut through the stem and divided the pith, 
the tree fell with a groan to the earth, conscious of pain and faintness and forgetting all its anticipations of happiness in sorrow at leaving its home in the forest. It knew that it would never again see its dear old companions, the trees, nor the little bushes and many colored flowers that had grown by its side, perhaps not even the birds. Neither was the journey all that pleasant. The tree first recovered itself while being unpacked with several other trees in the courtyard of a house, and it heard a man say, We want only one, and this is the prettiest. Then came two servants in grand livery and carried the fir tree into a large and beautiful apartment. On the walls hung pictures, and near the great stove stood great china vases with lions on the lids. There were rocking chairs, silken sofas, and large tables covered with pictures, books, and playthings worth a great deal of money. At least the children said so. Then the fir tree was placed in a large tub full of sand, with green cloth hung all around it so that no one could see the tub, and it stood on a very handsome carpet. How the fir tree trembled! What's going to happen to me now? Some young ladies came in with the servants to help adorn the tree. On one branch they hung little bags cut out of colored paper, and each bag was filled with candy. From other branches hung gilded apples and walnuts, as if they had grown there. And above and all around were hundreds of red, blue, and white candles, which were fastened on the branches." Dolls, exactly like real babies, were placed under the green leaves. The trees had never seen such things before. And at the very top was fastened a glittering star made of tinsel. Oh, it was very beautiful. This evening, they all exclaimed, how bright it will be. Oh, that the evening were here, thought the tree, and the tapers lighted. Then I shall know what else is going to happen. Will the trees of the forest come to see me? I wonder if the sparrows will peep in the windows as they fly. Shall I grow faster here and keep on all these ornaments during summer and winter? But guessing was of very little use. It made his bark ache. And this pain is bad enough for a slender fir tree. It's as bad as a headache is for us. At last the tapers were lighted, and then what a glistening blaze of light the tree presented. It trembled so with joy that all of its branches were shaking, and one of the candles fell among the green leaves and burnt some of them. Help, help, exclaimed the young ladies. But there was no danger, for they quickly extinguished the fire. After this, the tree tried not to tremble at all, though the fire frightened him. He was so anxious not to hurt any of the beautiful ornaments even while their brilliancy dazzled him. 
And now the folding doors were thrown open, and a troop of children rushed in as if they intended to upset the tree. They were followed more slowly by their elders. For a moment the little ones stood silent with astonishment, and then they shouted for joy till the room rang, and they danced merrily around the tree, while one present after another was taken from it. What are they doing? What will happen next? thought the fir. At last the candles burnt down to the branches and were put out. Then the children received permission to plunder the tree. Oh, how they rushed at it, till the branches cracked, and had it not been fastened with the glistening star to the ceiling, it must have been thrown down. The children then danced about with their pretty toys, and no one noticed the tree except the children's maid, who came and peeped among the branches to see if an apple or a fig had been forgotten. A story, a story, cried the children, pulling a little fat man toward the tree. Now we shall be in the green shade, said the man, as he seated himself under it, and the tree will have the pleasure of hearing also. But I shall only relate one story. What shall it be, Avidi Avedi, or Humpty Dumpty, who fell down the stairs, but soon got up again, and at last buried a princess? Avidi Avedi, some cried. Humpty Dumpty, cried others. And there was a fine shouting and crying out. The fir tree remained still and thought to himself, Shall I have anything to do with this? But he had already amused them as much as they wished. Then the old man told them the story of Humpty Dumpty, how he fell down the stairs and was raised up again and married a princess. And the children clapped their hands and cried, Tell us another, tell us another. They wanted to hear the story of Avidi of Eighty, but they only had Humpty Dumpty. After this, the fir tree became quite silent and thoughtful. Never had the birds in the forest told such tales as Humpty Dumpty, who fell down the stairs and yet married a princess. Ah, yes, so it happens in the world, thought the fir tree. He believed it all, because it was related by such a nice man. Ah, well, he thought, who knows, perhaps I too may fall down and marry a princess. And he looked forward joyfully to the next evening, expecting to be again decked out with lights and playthings and gold and fruit. Tomorrow I will not tremble, thought he. I will enjoy all my splendor, and I shall hear the story of Humpty Dumpty again, and perhaps of Edie of Edie. And the tree remained quiet and thoughtful all night. In the morning the servants and the housemaid came in. Now, thought the fir tree. All my splendor is going to begin again. But they dragged him out of the room and upstairs to the garret and threw him on to the floor in a dark corner where no daylight shone, and they left him. What does this mean? thought the tree. What am I to do here? I can hear nothing in a place like this. And he leaned against the wall and thought and thought, he had time enough to think, for days and nights passed, and no one came near him. 
And when at last somebody did come, it was only to put away large boxes in a corner. So the tree was completely hidden from sight as if it had never existed. It's winter now, thought the tree. The ground is hard and covered with snow so that people can't plant me. I shall be sheltered here, I dare say, until spring comes. How thoughtful and kind everybody is to me. Still, I wish this place were not so dark as well as lonely, with not even a little rabbit to look at. How pleasant it was out in the forest when the snow lay on the ground. Then the rabbit would run by and, yes, jump over me too, although I didn't like it then. Oh, it is terribly lonely here. Squeak, squeak, said a little mouse, creeping cautiously towards the tree. Then came another, and they both sniffed at the fir tree and crept between the branches. Oh, it is very cold, said the mouse, or else we should be so comfortable here, shouldn't we, you old fir tree? I am not old, said the fir tree. There are many who are older than I am. Where do you come from, and what do you know? asked the mice, who were full of curiosity. Have you seen the most beautiful places in the world? And can you tell us all about them? And have you been in the storeroom where cheeses lie on the shelf and hams hang from the ceiling? One can run about on tallow candles there and go in thin and come out fat. I know nothing of that place, said the fir tree, but I know the wood where the sun shines and the birds sing. And the tree told the little mice all about his youth. They had never heard such an account in their lives. After they'd listened to it attentively, they said, What a number of things you have seen. You must have been very happy. Happy? exclaimed the fir tree. And then, as he reflected upon what he'd been telling them, he said, Ah, yes. After all, those were happy days. But when he went on and related all about Christmas Eve and how he'd been dressed up with cakes and lights, the mice said, How happy you must have been then, you old fir tree. I am not old at all, replied the fir tree. I only came from the forest this winter. I am now checked in my growth. What splendid stories you can relate, said the little mice. And the next night, four other mice came with them to hear what the tree had to tell. The more he talked, the more he remembered. And then he thought to himself, those were happy days. But they may come again. Humpty Dumpty fell downstairs, and yet he married a princess. Perhaps I may marry a princess, too. And the fir tree thought of the pretty little birch tree that grew in the forest, which was to him a real beautiful princess. Who's Humpty Dumpty? asked the little mice. And then the tree related the whole story. He could remember every single word, and the little mice were so delighted with it that they were ready to jump to the top of the tree. The next night, a great many more mice came, and on Sunday, two rats came with them.
but the rat said it was not a pretty story at all, and the little mice were very sorry, for it made them think less of it also. Do you know only one story? asked the rats. Only one, replied the fir tree. I heard it on the happiest evening of my life, but I did not know I was so happy at the time. We think it's a very miserable story, said the rats. Don't you know any story about bacon or tallow in the storeroom? No, replied the tree. Many thanks to you, then, replied the rats, and they marched off. The little mice also kept away after this, and the tree sighed and said, It was very pleasant when the mice sat around me and listened while I talked. Now that is all past, too. However, I shall consider myself happy when someone comes to take me out of this place. But would this ever happen? Yes. One morning, people came to clear out the garret. The boxes were packed away, and the tree was pulled out of the corner and thrown roughly on the garret floor. Then the servant dragged it out into the staircase and down into the yard where the daylight shone. Now life is beginning again, said the tree, rejoicing in the sunshine and fresh air. Then it was carried downstairs and taken into the courtyard so quickly that it forgot to think of itself and could only look about. There was so much to be seen. The court was close to a garden where everything looked blooming. Fresh and fragrant roses hung over the little palings. The linden trees were in blossom while the swallows flew here and there, crying, Twit, 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 my mate is coming. But it was not the fir tree they met. Now I shall live cried the tree, joyfully spreading out its branches. But alas, they were all withered and yellow, and it lay in a corner amongst weeds and nettles. The star of gold paper still stuck in the top of the tree and glittered in the sunshine. In the same courtyard were playing two of the merry children who had danced round the tree at Christmas and had been so happy the youngest saw the gilded star and ran and pulled it off the tree. Look what's sticking to the ugly old fir tree, said the child, treading on the branches till they cracked under his boots, and the tree saw all the fresh bright flowers in the garden, and then looked at itself and wished it had remained in the dark corner of the garret. It thought of its fresh youth in the forest, of the merry Christmas evening, and of the little mice who had listened to the story of Humpty Dumpty. Past, past, said the old tree. Oh, if I had only enjoyed myself while I could have done so, and now it is too late. Then a lad came and chopped the tree into small pieces till a single bundle lay in a heap on the ground. The pieces were placed in a fire under the kettle, and they quickly blazed up brightly, with the tree sighing so deeply that each sigh sounded like a little pistol shot. 
Then the children, who were at play, came and seated themselves in front of the fire and looked at it and cried, Pop! 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 But each was a deep sigh. The tree was thinking of a summer day in the forest or of some winter night where the stars shone brightly and the Christmas evening and of Humpty Dumpty, the only story it had ever heard or now relate, until at last it was consumed. But its final thoughts were of all of those happy times that it had had and finally realized that those, each of them, were the most precious times of all. The boys still played in the garden, and the youngest wore on his breast the golden star with which the tree had been adorned during the happiest evening of its existence. Now all was past. The tree's life was past, and the story also, for all stories, must come to an end at last. Well, the little fir tree did get what he wished for, even though sadly he had spent so much of his life wanting something other than the life that he had in the forest that he failed to appreciate how beautiful it was until it was too late. I'd like to close with this happier reminder by Cecil Francis Alexander. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Join me again in Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. <laughs>